Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at c3citylight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. Part four. We've been in this four-part series in the day. We're gonna, I'm going to wrap a bow on it and we're going to move on to the next thing next week. But I'm just telling you, man, this series, I've gotten so many like good feedback about how this is helping people. It's unlocking the key to generosity. And it's all about trust. It's just about trust. We've been studying the life of Abraham. I mean, here's a guy in week one, we looked at his life. His name was Abram. He's just doing his own thing. What his family had done, what his grandfather, what he just did what he knew to do right here. Be a nomad, be right here. And God speaks to him in the middle of where he's at and gives him a totally different vision for his life. Hey, leave your family, leave your native land and go to a place that I'm going to show you. Didn't tell him where to go, just I will show you. And he says, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you more descendants than all the stars in the sky. Through you, I'm going to bless you so much that all the people on earth will be blessed. I mean, come on, man. If you're just out tending the sheep and you get a word from the Lord like that, it's like, what? That's that's a game changer. That's God's best for Abraham's life, right? God wants to do the same thing with all of us in this room. God's got a plan for our life that's better than anything we could imagine or dream. It's better than anything. Why? Because he created us. He made us. He put giftings and talents and faith. He put all these things inside of us. And it's only till we submit to him and allow him to start to grow that inside of us that we can get to the place that he's called us to get to, our best life. So week one, we talked about it starts with the Lord. Then week two, we talked about how sometimes we got to wait. It takes time for us to get into a place of our best life. And we talked about Abram's faithfulness for 25 years. It took him 25 years before he got his son. God's over here telling him he's going to have like descendants that are more numerous than the stars in the sky. And it took him 25 years. He was 100 years old when he had his first child. Anyone can like, man, God, you better speed this thing up. What are you doing? Better hurry up. Come on, Lord. Sometimes we got to wait to get to our best life. It requires waiting. But in that waiting, we're learning to trust the Lord. We're learning to develop faith that, no, no, God's intentions toward me are always good. I can be confident in that. Even though it took longer than I expected, it took longer than I thought, God's intentions toward me are always good. I can rest in that. And then last week we talked about the test. Our best life requires a test. And I hate, you know, a lot of us hated tests in school. But it requires a test because a test takes us to take something external and internalize that truth. And so Abram finally gets Isaac. He gets his new name. He's Abraham, the father of many. And he gets Isaac, and the Lord asks for Isaac back. He does. He says, hey, take the boy, take him up to Mount Moriah, and sacrifice him. And so Isaac's walking up there with his dad. And, dad, I see the wood, and I see the fire. I even see the big knife. Where's the, where's the sheep? And we hear about how the Lord provides. And in that, why did God give Abraham something just to ask for it back? In that process, we discovered, and Abraham discovered, it wasn't about the gift he was excited about. He didn't turn the gift into an idol. Through his obedience and trust, God, thank you that you gave me Isaac. You're the real blessing, not the gift you gave me. And through the testing, like our tithes, through the first tenth of our our income and our increase, 
When we give it back to the Lord, we acknowledge that God is the source of every good thing that flows through our life. And as we acknowledge that and we submit our heart to that, we align our will with God's will, and the blessing of God can begin to flow in our life. As soon as he raised that knife up, I mean, come on, that's pretty graphic and pretty gory. To sacrifice Isaac, the Lord said, stop, now I know that you love, you trust me and you obey me. And then he looked up and there was a ram caught in the thorn bush by the horns. And the Lord provided. And so here Abraham is growing his capacity to trust God. God will always provide, whether it's with a sacrifice or with something else. If I can trust him at this level, I can trust him at the next level. And that's what God's trying to do, help us to grow our capacity for what we can be entrusted with. So there's an overview. If you missed the last three weeks, no worries, just caught you up. Today we're going to learn this one thing. Our best life is meant to outlive us. Our best life is meant to outlast us. You know, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for with legacy and the different things with my grandparents. But two things right off the top of my head that I'm so grateful for to my grandfather, my papa, that's what we called him, papa was barbecue sauce. This guy had the best pork barbecue sauce ever. Come on, we're in the South, Eastern North Carolina. It's all about pork and vinegar, baby. It's how we do it. And, uh, man, I got his barbecue sauce recipe before he died. And the second thing I got that I'm so excited for, my man was like, I'll never forget. He was like in his mid-70s. We're walking around. Me and April are with him. We're behind him. We're going to the grocery store. I was like, look at those calf muscles. My granddad, he was in his mid-70s and still had baked potatoes on the back of his legs. Just, 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 just like, okay, Papa, like, yoked up, man. You, you, you didn't skip leg day at the gym. I don't think it was because of that. I think it was hereditary. But April, I was like, see, see, I got, I got, I got good calf muscles too. Thank you, Papa. I think that's why she fell in love with me was because of my calf muscles. But it was a legacy. It's something that he handed off to me. One day I came to him, Papa, I got to get that pork barbecue recipe, man. When I'm going to be cooking for people and all that. I got to get the sauce. You got to give me the sauce, Papa. I know how to cook the pork. What's the sauce? And he kind of gave me a hard time messing around. And then one time I saw it laying on the kitchen table. So I took my phone out, took a picture of both sides of the three-by-five card. And now I got the recipe. It's on the iCloud. Everyone's got it. NSA's got the recipe. Everybody's got the family recipe. It's And I'll be glad to cook you pork with that sauce. But it's something he handed down to me. That's what our best life is all about. It's not about us. It's about who's coming after us. And we've been entrusted with certain things. We've got to learn to hand it off. Take the baton and hand it off. You know, I also got things like generosity and kindness. At my grandfather's funeral, I remember just hearing all the stories that came in. Oh, I rented a place from your granddad. And, you know, one month we didn't have enough to cover rent. And he just said, don't worry about it. Keep your money. Uh, one time we were really hungry and he went fishing and brought a whole cooler of fish and just dropped it off and said, be blessed, you know. And so all these stories came in, but it just got me thinking, like, that's the type of legacy I want for my life. That's the type of legacy that I want to hand off to my daughters that they know how to make good pork barbecue and they have good calf muscle. <laughs> Generosity and kindness. I'm just planning. I want to hand that off to the next generation. But look, we want to live our best life. But I'm telling you today, your best life does not stop with you. It doesn't stop with you. It doesn't end with you. It's meant, the things God's given us, it's been meant, he's been given to us to entrust to the next generation. God's blessing on our life, God's purpose and calling on our life is multi-generational. It's multi-generational. These principles and promises of the blessing that God has entrusted with has been meant to be handed off to the next generation. You know, if you think about how Abraham's life is, and I'm just kind of setting up the scripture we're about to get into If you think about how his life ended, it was kind of bland. 
Like he got old and he died. Like out of all the endings in the Bible of the different characters, that's like not my favorite ending. I think I would have a choice. I'd probably go out like Samson. Minus the whole being blind part and handcuffed to the pillars of this temple. But he was. And there was 3,000 Philistines in that area, and they were picking on him and laughing at him. And he mustered up all of his strength, and he just goes out, rips down those columns. The building falls down, and 3,000 people that were mocking God died. Like, come on, man. Go out like that, Abraham. That's how you go out, man. Like, yeah. That's not what happened with Abraham. It's not. It wasn't really an epic ending. It was kind of bland. He, just, he got old. He said his peace to his kid. And, but Abraham's ending was the beginning for Isaac and Jacob. And that's what we're going to see today. It was actually his ending ended up being one of the beginnings for all of us that are here with faith. So what if your ending is somebody else's beginning? What if the thing you've been entrusted with and the place God's brought you to and the foundation he's begun building in your life, what if that was for the next generation? I'm telling you, God's best for our life always outlives us. Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 10 It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. So today we're going to learn how do we live our best life so that it outlasts us? How do we live our best life today and in our lifetime so that it outlasts us? I'm going to give you three points that's going to empower you to do this. Number one, we hand off faith. I want my faith to become my kid's faith. That's what happened with Abraham. He handed that faith. He handed that covenant. He handed that resilient trust in God no matter what it looked like. In in spite of all the odds, he trusted that God was going to provide him a son and make him a mighty nation. He trusted God. Even while he's still living in a tent as a foreigner in the land he was promised that he would possess, he still trusted God and he was full of faith. But that faith didn't stop with them. That faith was handed off to Abraham. was handed off to Isaac and Jacob. I want to live my life in such a way that those around me, my kids, see that's what it looks like to follow God. That's what real faith and real trust looks like. Man, if God did it for my dad, if God did it for my mom, he can do it for me. Whether I got to use words or not, they see that and they're like, that's what real faith looks like. It's tangible. It affects your life. That's a personal walk with God. I can trust that. I want my kids to get that. And Abraham did that with Isaac and did that with Jacob. He handed off those promises. Hey, boys, I know right now we're foreigners in this land, but I'm telling you, at some point, God's going to give this land to us. It's the promise that God gave us. He's going to give it to us. I'm sure Abraham probably shared stories with Isaac and Jacob. He shared stories with them. You remember that time I was just minding my own business? And God told me to leave my family and leave my land and leave that and go to this place he was showing me? That's where we're at, boys. That's where we're at. God's been so faithful. Isaac, you remember that time? You were probably young, probably 12 or 13. You remember that time where I took you up to the mountain and you thought I was going to kill you? Because I was. But I was believing God was going to resurrect you. Yeah, you remember that? And then God provided the ram and how many times that story's encouraged our faith. God always provides for his children. 
You remember that? Yeah, 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 I remember, Dad. Oh, I was sweating that thing walking up that mountain. I saw the fire and wood, but oh, thank God he's faithful. He, I can't even imagine all these stories of God's faithfulness. He got to hand it off to the next generation. I mean, that ability to step out of what you know into the unknown because God spoke to you, that's a gift. That's the gift of faith. And he was entrusted with that gift, and he handed it off to his boys. I mean, I can only imagine. Boys, let me tell you this story. God said he was going to give us a kid. And when he told me that, I was already old. I was 75. And then you fast forward for 25 years. Yeah, we made some mistakes, and we had an Ishmael with your mama's servant, Hagar. But, but God was gracious with us. And look, Isaac, 25 later, look how faithful God was. And now you get these promises. And if God did it for me, he'll do it for you. He handed off all those stories to him. The first thing we got to do if our best life is going to outlast us is we've got to learn to hand off faith. Sometimes we're so guarded and so secretive and so private and personal. No, no, that, that's between me and the Lord. Man, don't let it die with you. Don't let what God's done in your life, how he picked you up when you were in your sins and in your transgressions and an enemy of him, and he loved you unconditionally. He gave you salvation. He gave you eternal life, and he totally transformed your life. Don't let that story stop with you. You know, that's what the Apostle Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2. He said, hey, the thing you've been entrusted with, salvation, the gospel, what you've been entrusted with, find trustworthy men and hand it off to them. That's how the Bible works. The Bible's always been set up multi-generational. It's not about us today. It's about who's coming behind us. So whatever you've been entrusted with, your salvation, your faith, your, your health, your wealth, like the, your interests, the things you're into, your legacy, hand that off to the generation that's coming behind you. So it doesn't die with you, but it gets handed off. The second thing we've got to learn to do is hand off opportunity. we got to set the next generation up to win. We don't want to set them up to fail. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Genesis 24, verse 1. This is picking up from where we were last week. Genesis 24, verse 1. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, Take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. It's kind of weird. That's how they did things back then. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go and said to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. Verse 5, the servant asked him, but if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home, should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land where you came from? No, Abraham responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you will find a wife for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. If we're going to hand off faith, if we're going to hand off to the next generation, we've got to learn to hand off opportunities. We've got to learn to put some safeguards in their life to bless them, to set them up for success. He knew that temptation of, of discouragement. He knew the difficulty of what it is to leave where you were and to go to this place. And he knew what could happen to his son 
if he went back there, he knew. He knew. But he also knew what would happen if he stayed there and married someone that wasn't people of faith. He knew the compromise, the slippery slope where it could lead to, right? So he wanted to set his boy up for success. So he entrusted his servant, go back to where I grew up. Don't take him under no circumstances. Don't take him. Keep him here. This is the promised land. This is going to be his. Keep him here. But go there. Go there and bring back a wife for him. What if it doesn't happen? No, no, no. Trust God. I've been trusting God for all these years. He hasn't failed me yet. I promise you. If you just go back, trust me. An angel's going to go before you and take care of it. Trust me. God's good. He's going to take care of this. It's going to be a great wife. And so that's what happened. The servant went back there, even gave the Lord a test. Hey, Lord, here's my whole plan. If you're in this thing, I'm going to go stop by the well, and my animals are going to need water. I'm going to need water. And I'm just believing a woman from you is going to come up and ask to serve me water and serve my animals water. That's going to be my test, Lord. If you're in this thing, that's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. And Rebecca comes in. Hey, are you thirsty? Let me help you. Oh, I bet your, I bet your camel's thirsty. Can I, can I get them too? Thank you, God. Like, whoo, we got it. And then it went back and everything was agreeable with their family. Like, oh, Abram, like, you know him. Oh. And it all worked out. And when they saw each other, they were just like, what? The blessing. The blessing didn't stop with Abraham. It was handed off to Isaac. But before Abraham died, he prepared a place. He prepared a way to set up his son for opportunity. He handed off an opportunity, not just faith with no opportunity. Or not just an opportunity without faith. You gotta have both of them. You gotta have the door open up, but then you gotta have enough faith to walk into it. Just like God blessed Abraham, He's blessing me. What a beautiful bride. Let's go. What are the things in your life that God's entrusted you with? What are the resources, the finances, the 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 ability, the discipline to steward your resources, to position yourself in a way to hand that off to your kids? Those lessons that you've learned when you've been by yourself crying out to God and he shows himself faithful. What are those things God's given you? What are those those acts of service that God put in your heart that burns in your heart to make the world a better place? What are those things? And have you been able to hand them off to your next the next generation? And this doesn't have to be a blood thing. This isn't about just your your nuclear family. No. Come on, God's called us to make disciples that make disciples. That's the last thing he said before he left and went to heaven. So every single one of us, under the sound of my voice, has been given a job. If we're going to be a Christ follower, then we are a fisher of men. There's no, like, loophole in the claws. There's no way to get out of it. Followers are fishermen of men. Like, that's just what we do as believers. And so the things that God's given us, we've been entrusted with, now we hand it off to other people. We tell the stories of how God's been faithful. We tell the story of how God transformed our life. We tell the story of how, like, by following the Bible and its principles, all the areas of our life have gotten better. From how we handle finances, from how we handle relationships, for how we handle rest and Sabbath. So we don't burn ourselves out at both ends, right? Like, God's will and God's word sets us up for success. But who are we setting up for success? Who are we handing that off to? Because if we're not careful and if we're running a race and we've got the the baton, what happens in that race if we drop the baton and it never gets to the guys coming behind us? It's too precious of a call. The Great Commission's too precious of a commandment. It's too precious of a thing. 
A buddy of mine wrote a book about our generation, Generation Z and Millennials, and the whole thing was make the Great Commission great again. He borrowed it from President Trump. I hadn't seen hats. That might be copyright infringement, but, but make the Great Commission great again. That's what God's called us to as every believer. The Great Commission, go into all the world, teaching them everything I taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what we've all been assigned to do. So we've been given a baton by God, and now it's our turn to hand that off to a coworker, to a neighbor, to our kids, to our grandkids. God's entrusted us with this glorious baton of the gospel, and now it's our opportunity to hand it off. God's given us a revelation that through his blood on the Christ, we have access to God. We have healing for all of our sins and all of our iniquities. We have healing for all of our sicknesses. God's entrusted us with that. Let's hand that off to someone by praying for someone when they're sick. God's blessed us with everything we need for life and for godliness. Let's hand that off to somebody. When that car's broken down beside you, take out your jumper cables and go give them a jump. Why? Because God's entrusted us with the opportunity to serve our fellow man. Let's do it. Let's seize those opportunities that have been set up for us. But also, let's hand those opportunities off to those that are coming behind us. They need to see our lives match up with our words, right? The quickest way to, to cut the legs out from the gospel is to preach one thing and live another. If you want your kids to follow Jesus, don't do that. You know what I mean? And so, look, there's grace, and it's not about perfection. It's about progression and just every day dying to self a little bit more and trying to be more like Jesus. Like, there's grace. But, like, at least we want our kids to see that we're trying to be more like Jesus. You know what I mean? And then point number three, if we're going to learn to hand off our best life so that it outlives us, outlasts us, point number three, We've got to live in the tension of disappointment. I know, it was all feel good up until this point. we got to learn to live in the disappointment. Anybody ever been disappointed by God? You were believing for something or you were hoping a certain situation was going to work out one way and then it ends up being totally different? Anybody? I'm the only one. All right, right. I was just like, oh, Lord, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, sometimes there's some disappointment with walking with Jesus. There just is. There was a lady named Belinda Sewell, and we prayed for that lady for like three or four years, like a really long time, and she got a little bit better and then got really worse and died. She had cancer. And, man, I was just like, I don't understand, God. Like, I'm disappointed. Like, why? This woman was a saint. I mean, like, I mean, she wasn't Mother Teresa, but she was well in line. Like, she was similar to Mother Teresa. And I was like, why? I don't get it. Like, why? Like, I just don't get it, God. I'm so disappointed. Why? Go back to Hebrews 11 with me for verse 9 and 10. And when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner, living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same land. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. That's such a prophetic word about the new heaven and new earth that God's going to build one day. And it's a promise for us. But here, I love that. Here's Abraham doing everything he was called to do. He makes it to the promised land. He's there, but yet he's living as a foreigner. Doesn't have a permanent residence. Doesn't have a city. Doesn't have a city wall. Doesn't have anything. He's just got a tent. 
And Isaac experiences the same thing. Jacob experiences the same thing. Come on, guys, that's a disappointment. You got into the promised land, but you never possessed it. It wasn't for him to possess. It was for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. We got to learn to live in the tension of disappointment. So even though he's living there in the promised land as a foreigner, living in tents, not permanent, verse 10, Abraham was still confident. He was confidently looking forward to the city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Man, come on, let's touch heaven. We don't want to live our life just for ourselves. We want to get our purposes aligned with God's purposes, and we're co-laboring together to build something with the eternal foundation, to build something that's designed and built by God. That's what we've all been called to do. We don't want our life to just stop with us as we take our last breath and we go on to heaven. I hope that's where we're going, right? We can sort that out if you're not sure about that today. I don't want to joke around about it. I mean, it's a serious thing, but like we, we got this hope, we got this promise, we've got this faith in the Lord that he's good and he's for us and he's with us. And the Bible says that this is eternal life, that you may know me. And as soon as we start knowing the Lord and having a personal walk with them, that's when eternal life starts. Not when we get to heaven, but once we start to know God. And as we begin to know him, we begin to know what we're connected for and what our purpose is and what life's all about. And as we start to walk in that, there's disappointment. But even though Abraham was disappointed and he wasn't there where he, it wasn't the way he thought it would be, he confidently looked forward to the day where the eternal foundation would be built and the city would be built by God. That's the cry of my heart for every single one of us, that we would learn to live our best life, connecting our life with the purposes of God, and it would outlive, outlive every single one of us. The kids you're teaching at school, you get to hand off that faith to them. You get to hand off that encouragement to them. You get to live your life in such a way you get to hand off that peace and joy to them. Those coworkers that go to work every, every week and you see them and they just look like they've just been beat up by life. You get to live your life in such a way you can hand off the truth of God's love to them. I'll pick your head up. If God's for you, who can be against you? God's got a good purpose for your life. He loves you. He gave the best of heaven to redeem your life and connect you to him. He loves you, man. Pick your head up. You're going to be all right. We get every single day to take what we've been entrusted with and impart it and hand it off to someone else. Anybody got kids? The greatest resource of heaven you've ever been entrusted with are those kids. They're your most valuable asset. They're your most valuable resource. Let's not leave them short. Let's take them across the finish line. Let's do everything we can in our power that they know God and they know God's purpose for their life. Let's take the baton we've been given and let's hand it off to those guys coming behind us. And lastly, wrapping up about disappointment, because we've all faced disappointment. Anyone just ever stepped out in faith and it just failed? Like it just, oh, wonk, wonk. Like I thought I started that company and then it went, oh, are you, right? Like that's just life. Like we step out in faith. And if you're not failing, are you really trying? Like it's just part of it, right? We step out, we do by faith and then we believe it's gonna work out. And we always stay that way. We confidently look forward to that, right? But I discovered recently, what if my failures as much as they heard, as much as they sing, what if that failure I experienced was for someone else to see so that it gave them the faith and the confidence to start? What if that thing, that failure that you feel so shameful about or feel so much condemnation, what if that failure was something that it worked out that way so that someone else would see it in your life and would be like, you know what? 
really trust the God and they went for it. If they went for it, I can go for it. Let's do this thing. Let me encourage that. I think that's for someone today. Don't worry about those failures. God will even use our failures. So last part, last part. Whatever it is God's given you, your resources, your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever he's given you, none of that stuff can you take with you when you go to heaven. It's all going to stay here. And so our resources, we can't take them to heaven, but we can use our resources to get people to heaven. And that's what this is all about. What God has trusted us with, we've been entrusted with, to leverage and use it to the best of our ability so that other people can find eternal life in Jesus. And that's what the whole point of this generosity series on our best life has been about. What is it God has entrusted us with? Now, how do we do everything with all intentionality, all of our ability to hand that off to the next generation? Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray that the day's message has encouraged you, filled you with faith to see things in your life, see situations, see situations and experiences in such a way that you can remember that God's with you and that he's built a history with a faith. You've built a faith with him that you can hand it off to the people coming behind you. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.